sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone. And so I really want you to begin this week to just think about the four sermons that, we're, that we've heard all this week. And I really want you to just pick one of those stormy sermons that we preached about. And I want you to learn how to win souls by teaching people how to conquer storms in their life. I didn't realize that when I did this series, I called it the Soul Winning Series. <laughs> and it seems like every week we've been talking about storms. And I kept asking God, why do you have me talking about storms when the title of the sermon series is Soul Winning? He says that if you, if you really look at the text and you look at the different storms that you've been teaching on, Jesus was teaching the disciples how to teach others how to conquer adverse moments. That's soul winning. Soul winning teaches people how to trust Jesus in the most difficult moments of their life. It's it's easy to share the gospel when everything is good. It's easy to talk about Jesus when everything is shining and everything is right. But think about when you're going through a storm and you begin to minister to someone else that you don't know is going through a storm and you begin to talk about your stormy situations and how Jesus brought you out and how he brought you through and how he kept you in the midst of the storms that you were going through. You begin to talk about those experiences. And so on this weekend, as we move into this season, as we move into this season of really winning souls to Jesus Christ by simply doing what? Sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your job is not to get them saved. Our job is to do what? Is to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, well, Bishop, how do I do that? What, what do I say? It's very, very simple. Just talk about life. Can I give it to you? Just simply begin to talk about life and have a simple conversation. And as you have a conversation, don't, don't just ease Jesus in, but, but you're intentional about the conversation that will lead somebody to understanding that the reason that you're still living is because of Jesus. The reason that you have a job today, it's because of Jesus. The reason that you still have money in your pocket to buy gas that is just, I mean, crazy. It's high right now. Uh, uh, but I, I believe that we all are still making it. That's your testimony. Come on now. That's the easy way. Come on, talk about the economy. If you want to really begin to have a conversation about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the economy has us all in the middle of a storm. <laughs> How am I going to feed my family? How am I going to do all of this? To, uh, I got kids over here in football practice. My, my daughter's over here in gymnastics. And my husband's here. And my house is just everywhere. And come on, let's, let's really, really focus in. And I really want you to begin to think about the one person that Jesus can win 
to the kingdom of God. I want you to think about one person that because you're bold enough, you're brave enough to simply just share the good news of how good Jesus has been to you, how good God has been to you. It, it's just that simple. Even, you don't have to be my age, but even to my children, you can just simply say, do you know Jesus woke me up this morning? And you can begin to share that with your friends. What do I do? They want to be saved. You just simply, just have them to lift their hands and just simply say, confess, believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross. <laughs> very, very simple. As we move into the book of Matthew on today, the book of Matthew is really important on today. I want you to hear this today. Life and all that it brings can drift in the opposite direction of where it should be going. Having the proper and understanding of what seems to be working against you will challenge your faith to walk through it. I want to say that again. Life and all that it brings can drift in the opposite direction of where it should be going. Come on, listen at that. Listen at that. Having the power and understanding of what seems to be working against you will challenge your faith to walk through it. We already talked about this. It, it seems as if we've been in this soul winning series. Actually, I should have called it the boat series, but we're talking about winning souls in week one. In week one, when we hear this, in week one, uh, Jesus teaches from the boat, and afterwards, he commands the fishermen to go deeper into the water to drop their nets. In week two and three, Jesus and his disciples get into the boat to go to the other side, but they encounter the storm that interrupts Jesus' sleep. And ending our time in this series, we arrive in the Gospel of Matthew. Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let the words of our mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thine sight, for you are my strength and my redeemer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, starting at verse 22, and it reads out of the NSASB, out of the NASB, <laughs> immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowns away. After he had sent the crowns away, verse 23, uh, he went up into the mountains by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Come on, stay with the text now. Verse 24, but the boat was already a long distance from the land, read it, by, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. I, I want you to make three indentations or, or notes there in verse 24. Um, there, 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 there are three different things that are occurring in verse 24. I really want you to look at that. Um, 
the boat, number one, was already a long distance. Number two, it was being battered by the waves. And number three, I really want you to underline this last one, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25 says, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. <laughs> Verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 28, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, come on now, come on now, circle that word. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why do you doubt? When they got into the boat, come on, look at the wind. That's the third time. The wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. You are certainly God's son. In our sermonic text on today, I, I would like to focus on the subject entitled, When It's Working Against You. <laughs> In our sermonic moment on today, I really want to focus on this subject here. When it's working against you, here in the text we can see that Jesus has requested uh, his disciples to go over to the other side ahead of him. And within the text we can see that three things occur in this storm that did not occur in the Mark narrative, when Jesus speaks to the wind. Now, we, we talked for the last two weeks uh, um, what it means to drop your anchor. We talked about what it means to have faith. We talked about what it means to be in the right place or to be responsive. Uh, in Mark's gospel, um, we can see that Jesus speaks to the wind. We can see that on all three occasions of what we talked about, uh, the first week Jesus gets into the boat with them the second week we can see weeks three and weeks 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 two and three we can see that Jesus is in the boat but we can see here in the gospel of Matthew three different things occur in the text come on look at the text look at the text I want you to start looking at the text don't just trust what you hear me saying I, I want you to see it look in the text number one Jesus isn't in the boat with them this time uh, it, it says right there in verse 22, uh, he made them get into the boat and to go over to the other side. And the text says, go ahead of me. All right. Um, we, we can see here, number two, uh, uh, that the storm they encountered doesn't cause them to worry or fear concerning the winds beating against their boat as it did before. Come on now. Uh, uh, they were afraid in Mark because of the storm. 
Hallelujah. We can see here that reading through the text uh, that they were not afraid of the storm. All right. And then we can see here number three. uh, 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 And this is what makes and and we can see here um, that the storm, that the storm this time is working against them. We can see that the storm is now working against them. Are you seeing that? In in Mark chapter number 4, the wind was very violent. The wind was very violent, but it wasn't working against them. We can see here in this text that the wind is working against them. It's working against them, meaning that the force of the wind was contrary to the direction that they were moving in. I want you to hear our thesis again as we move into our subject and our lesson um, when it's working against you. Life and all that it brings can drift, now you can see it, in the opposite direction of where it should be going. Having the power and understanding of what seems to be working against you, it'll do what? It will challenge your faith to walk through it. When it's working against you, I want to talk about these areas on today. When it's working against you, number one, it means that there is some type of adverse force that is working against us, whether it may be spiritually Physically, financially, mentally, or naturally. We can see here that the wind, come on now, the the wind, we can see here, uh, it says here in Matthew 14, I'm going to break this down to you, Matthew 14, 24, but the boat was already a long distance from land. Battered by the waves, here it is, for the wind was contrary. I like what the Amplified Bible says on that last part. The wind was against them. (laughs) Have you ever been in a moment where you're in a fight and the fight is against you? (laughs) The fight that you should be winning is now against you. Uh, The fight that you should be uh, uh, winning and conquering has now become your enemy. It has now become an adverse force that is working against you spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, naturally, holistically, whatever you want to call it, in your relationships, in your career. It seems like this job that I have, it's working against me. I I thought the degrees that I had, I, I paid all of this money to go to school. I paid all of this money to get all of these certificates. I, I paid all the money that I needed to be knowledgeable, but it seems like uh, my college degree is working against me. Hallelujah. Because I haven't been able to find the job that I thought that I was going to be able to have. I I haven't been able to live the life that I thought that I should be living. We can see here in the text uh, that the wind was contrary. When we look at that word contrary, uh, come on, I want y'all to stay focused. Come on, come on, stay here. The, The enemy doesn't want you to hear this last part because the enemy wants you to continue to stay in a place where he wants you to think that the wind is for you and so you don't know how to fight you don't know how to endure and so you don't understand that what you're fighting is against you 
Come on now. That word contrary uh, is a fact or condition that is incompatible with another or something in a manner to what is logical or expected. However, to effectively define this word, uh, we must use it as it is defined in the text. Come on now, when we look at this word, the wind, uh, which is in the form of an adjective, uh, my wife is probably going to love this because it means to her that I really, really study because I'm using some English verbiage here. Uh, uh, that word wind right here in the text, uh, uh, it means being so different as to be at opposite extremes. Come on now. Uh, uh, they were in a fight was something that was contrary. Come on now. It says that the wind was contrary. It says that if we want to exegete this definition, uh, the wind uh, was so different uh, that it was opposite extremes of what was normal. Uh, uh, meaning that uh, it means to come to a contrary conclusion. Your conclusion uh, brings you to opposite extremes. Come on now, where east and west don't meet. Come on now, uh, it's very hard to bring them together, uh, but they oppose one another. Come on now, uh, uh, that word here, the wind, uh, in, in definition as an adjective being used, uh, the wind was contrary. Uh, here it, here's no, uh, uh, definition number two, being not in conformity with what is usual or expected. Uh, when you think about uh, this storm here, when you think about this five-mile journey, Rev, uh, that they were taking across uh, 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 to the next side, to the other side, uh, you have to understand that in this region, in this climate, uh, that the weather could change at any moment. Come on now. Uh, a storm, an unexpected storm could arise on the lake but it was here they were unfamiliar with the extreme of the storm that was taking place like this that word comes that word contrary here uh, uh, it was an unfavorable moment a use of wind or weather unpredictable it lacked control in movement and force Ooh, come on now, the storm that you are in, come on now, it lacks control. It, it lacks control in its movement and its force. There's nothing that you can do. The weatherman predicted that it was going to rain, but he could not predict that it was going to be a raining moment that was going to be so extreme that it would work against you. Come on now. Not even your sailboat can get through it. Not even uh, your, your, your big old ATV can get through this. Why? Because the winds are working against you. You're in a contrary moment in your life and you've got to understand that when it's working against you you've got to identify what the adverse force what is the adverse force that is working against you uh, in your commitment with Jesus? What is the adverse force that is working against you, Rock Church, uh, where you've lost your doubt? I mean, where you've lost your faith. Uh, you're unable to believe as you used to be. You've got to understand that the adverse force is the wind that is working against you. You're in the middle of a storm, and the wind says you're not going to get through it. 
come on now, the wind says, instead of using, come on now, because when I begin to do this study here, uh, uh, some theologians say that they stopped uh, uh, guiding the boat by hand and they started to row. Come on now. So that means that they begin to work harder than normal. Mm, come on now. When you look at the text here, uh, we can see here in the text that the disciples had been in the storm, Rev, all night long. They had been toiling, fighting against the non-conforming wind, which made it harder for them to overcome the battering waves that were beating against the boat. I can deal with the waves, but it's the contrary force of the wind that makes me work harder. In many cases, most would say, baby, turn around. Uh, but the text says that they were too far from the shore to turn around. Uh, most would say, couldn't they just drop their anchor, Bishop? Uh, that's what you taught a couple weeks and, and waited out. Well, in this case, uh, due to the unfavorable force of the wind, dropping their anchor would not be a good idea. <laughs> Come on now. In certain storms, it is better to push through than to wait it out. Uh, this is a storm that you can't drop your anchor because your anchor is not going to be good because your anchor if it goes down too far it'll start dragging the bottom of the river it'll start picking up dirt it'll get stuck and once the anchor gets stuck come on now it's going to be hell to pay because now you're probably going to sink in the middle of a storm that you should be pushing through that's why when it's working against you number one you have to identify what what is the adverse force that is working against you? Come on now. Don't sit there and drop your anchor. You got to understand that the wind is working against me. The wind that he spoke to in, uh, in Mark now is working against me. Jesus is not in the boat with me. And we're here by ourselves. Come on now. I'm speaking to the wind, but it's working against me. I'm praying, but it's working against me. I'm tithing, but it seems like it's working against me. Every time I give my money, it seems like all hell breaks loose. Every time my faith is high, it seems like hell breaks loose. Every time I commit myself to serving, it seems like the wind begins to work against my faith. But you've got to stand strong and believe that you're not alone. Come on now. Are you getting this here? I really want to go back to that. Every chance I get, I really want you to hear this. Life and all that it brings can drift in the opposite direction of where it should be going. Having the power and understanding of what seems to be working against you will challenge your faith to walk through it. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, number two, number two, I like this here. I like it here. I like it here. Uh, when things are working against us, uh, I like this here. Let's settle here. Come on now. I really want you to focus here. It can affect our ability to perceive or adjust. Meaning to maintain awareness or understanding of or to regard as being such. I'll give you that again. Uh, to perceive or adjust. It means to do what? To attain awareness or understanding of. Or to regard as being such. 
Uh, here is an example of that. Uh, one who is perceived as something to be true or false about them or a matter that concerns them. Come on now. When you think about the perception or, or perceiving or adjusting, uh, when you think about that person uh, uh, perceived to as being a loser, a cheat, a liar, insecure, uh, to, to, to maintain or to have the ability to perceive or to adjust, it means to become aware through the senses. Come on, that's the one I really want to settle with right there. Because they're in a storm, come on now, uh, where their perception, uh, where they're unable to really adjust, come on now, uh, uh, be, to become aware through the senses what we see and observe. I want you to look at this. I want you to look at the storm that you are in now. I want you to look at the fight that you're in. Uh, we've already identified, Brittany, uh, that, that what you're fighting against uh, is an adverse form of a wind that is uncontrollable. It lacks, uh, it lacks control of how it moves, and it force has no limitation. And everything that it comes in contact with, it's destroying. It's moving everything out of its way. There's nothing that's going to stop this storm. There's nothing that's going to cause the storm to be quiet. That there, there, there is no peace right now. There's no joy right now. Why? Because what should be comforting you is now working against you. Come on now. We've always heard that there is peace in the middle of the storm where there was no peace in this storm. It was a fight. It was a fight. There are moments in your life where Jesus will put you in a boat and tell you to go ahead of him to the other side while he goes up to the mountain and he prays. But all night long, you're in a fight. Come on now. All night long, you're in a fight. I like what it says here in verses 25 through verses 27. And in the fourth watch of the night. He came to them walking on the sea. Hear, hear, the, hear the text. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. Come on now. Uh, they're perceiving and unable to adjust their observation, their observation of what they really see. Come on now. Come on. Come on now. Uh, uh, and they cried out in fear, verse 27. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. Come on now, when things are working against you, it can affect our ability to perceive or adjust. Uh, we're, we're unable uh, to become aware through our senses. Our, our sensory uh, uh, triggers are thrown off. Uh, I want you to hear this. Uh, what we perceive is a cause and effect that starts with our senses. Come on now. Uh, uh, come on now. What you perceive is a cause and effect that starts with our senses. Come on now. Uh, come on now. It starts right here. The disciples were tired and overworked from fighting against the storm. Come on now. It says in the fourth watch. 
So y'all know what it means in Jewish custom. Uh, they went by watches instead of hours, okay? They, they broke it down. Uh, the fourth watch of the night, it was the last night of the watch. It was the night where they were tired and they were worn out. Come on now. Uh, it, it was that last four hours of the late night shift uh, where you're really pushing your way through, Emilisa, and you just keep watching your watch and you keep saying, when am I going to be able to get off? Uh, 7 a.m. can't come quick enough. But it seems like, come on now, your clock moves slow. Every time you look at it, it seems like the clock went back another hour, another minute, another second. You're fighting to stay awake. You're fighting to stay busy. But it seems like in this fourth watch, come on now, in the fourth watch, come on now, they were in the fourth watch with no sleep, no rest, or relief from the storm. Come on now, it says it right there. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. It's amazing that he didn't come to them at the beginning of the storm. Ah, come on now. It's amazing that Jesus didn't uh, feel in his spirit that he needed to show up two hours later. Jesus probably shows up eight or nine hours later. Uh, because if you're reading the text, and as we gain uh, 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 in the, our senses of the text, uh, it can seem like they left at the proper time to get across to the other side. They, they left when they could probably see. Uh, they left before there was a storm. Uh, they left before there was an inclination that the weather would go bad. Come on now. Uh, I don't believe that Jesus would send them out knowing that the weather was going to work against them. Uh, but he sent them out because he had faith in them come on now come on now what we perceive sets off sensory sensory triggers and how we see and comprehend things that we would normally see and observe correctly come on now because of the storm the waves and the adverse wind working against them caused them to see something that looked like a ghost I need y'all to see this text here. Uh, I, I really want you to settle in this text. Uh, come on, come on, come on. Open up your phone. Open up your Bible. I don't know if she's going to put it up there. Uh, but it says in verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking. Rest right there. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost and they cried out in fear. Come on, uh, uh, you, you got to be aware and, and you got to be able to identify when it's working against you how you're going to perceive and adjust your eyesight, your spiritual eyesight, your natural eyesight. Come on now, uh, you've got to be able to identify that the wind is working against me and when the wind is working against me, it can affect what I perceive and how I adjust what I just observed. Uh, the Bible says, uh, the text says, uh, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea. Come on, let, let's correct this here. Uh, they saw him. They knew that it was Jesus, but because they had been in a battle, but because they had been in a fight, come on now, uh, 
because they had been beaten and battered by the waves, they were tired. Come on now, they were frustrated. They were agitated. They couldn't think straight. If you're like Joshua, my son, if he doesn't eat, if he goes without food, he can't think right. He can't see right. He can't make proper decisions. If the little skinny boy over there don't have a belly like his father, but the little skinny boy boy over there if he can't get his uh, if he can't get his noodles uh, if he can't get no chicken fingers if he can't get no Raymond noodles if he can't get a juice uh, if he cannot eat uh, he is frustrated the wind of hunger works against his adjusting it works against his ability to think straight think about your life how many times has a storm affected you in perceiving something that you know what you saw but then you change your mind because your mind starts playing tricks on you come on now come on now you're frustrated you're tired and you can't see straight and because you can't see straight, your mind tells you something different. Your flesh tells you something different. Come on now. They saw him walking on the water. Saw him walking on the water. And then turn around and they think that it's a ghost. How do you see me? But didn't you think I'm a ghost? See, that's what, that's what adverse conditions do to you. They cause you to, to begin to see things that you should not be seeing. Come on now. Uh, Y'all remember Friday? Come on now. Uh, when he was sitting on the couch uh, and he starts smoking that weed and he kept smoking that weed. And next thing you know, uh, he started seeing stuff that wasn't there. Come on now. Uh, see, that's why you need to stay off that stuff. It causes you to see stuff. It causes you to think that way, but it's really not that way. Come on now. Uh, you got this real good feeling that's going on and you start seeing stuff. And people who really smoke that stuff, they become paranoid. Come on now. The horn blowing you'd be like oh what's going on oh what's going on because what you have just done is now working against your natural and spiritual ability to think straight to walk straight to believe straight and so you keep smoking it because it makes you feel good you keep drinking it because it takes the pain away but then it's working against your heart it's working against your liver it's working against your lungs it's working against your attitude and every time you drink you beat your woman up every time you drink you go and you walk away from your children and you abandon your children do you see what the adverse contrary winds can do to you when you won't identify that it's working against you Woo! but it feels good to my flesh Come on now, it feels good to me. I want to get out of the storm, but you can't get out of the storm until you put the bottle down. You can't get out of the storm until you come out of the club and stop sleeping with all of the girls because you believe that the more women that you sleep with, it's going to make you manly. It's going to put more hair on your chest. It's going to cause you to be big boy, but you don't understand. It's killing you, and it's killing your destiny. It's contaminating your purpose. And the more that you keep fighting against what's fighting against you, you'll never get out of the storm. You'll never see Jesus for who he is. 
you'll always be afraid of him as if he's coming to terrify you. The text says they were terrified. Woo. Come on, stay with me. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, stay with me. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, Josh. Lift your hands. Say, Lord. Come on, say, Lord. Keep my mind right now. Come on, say, Lord. Keep my mind right now. This word is important to the storm that you're going to bring me through. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Say, Lord. Keep my mind. Stay on this word right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the enemy wants you to believe that Jesus doesn't care about you. The enemy wants you to believe that God is mad at you and that's why the wind is working against you. The enemy wants you to believe that church is no good for you. The enemy wants you to believe that paying your tithe and giving your offering and giving your love seed is working against you. The, the, the enemy wants you to believe that when you pray, God is not going to listen to you. But you need to understand that he himself is the wind that is working against you. It's not God. Come on now. Because we can see here in the storm what we perceive can determine the level of fear or calmness that it takes that takes place in times of stormy weather come on now look at it the disciples had lost all self-control of their observation senses that they were spooked by the presence of Jesus come on now they were so spooked they knew that it was Jesus they knew that it was Jesus, but they were spooked. Jesus will never present himself to you and you not know who he is. I want to make that clear. The Holy Ghost will never present itself to you and you not know who's talking to you. Jesus doesn't come to scare you. But because you're in an adverse fight, an adverse storm, your fear takes over. The rage, the anxiety, come on now, let, let's think about it. It takes over in your mind. I could imagine, Joy, of people who come into the trauma unit, their moments because they've been fighting and they're traumatized so bad that they probably think that the doctors are there to kill them because of all the pain. They don't trust. They don't want you to hold them down. They, they, they don't want you to give them that shot. They don't, they, they don't want you to do that. Why? Because they don't trust that you're there to help them because of the pain and the agony causes them to fight against what's there to help them. <laughs> Come on now. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. Don't be afraid. This is what I love about Jesus. Jesus can love you and then rebuke you at the same time. Take courage. But stop being a scaredy cat. Take courage. 
but don't be afraid. Look, look at what the text does. Jesus doesn't come to them and rip them to shreds. He comes to them and he eases their anxiety. He eases their, their fear. He eases and he brings a calmness that allows them to understand that we've been in a fight. I want you to hear this. Perceived fear is a negotiable reaction to the adverse response that a storm brings upon one's life and the direction and the course it takes them through. That's my quote. I, I need y'all to understand that. Just Gwen, when you get a chance, I forgot to put my name under there. I, I like that. I think that's a powerful quote right there. I think that's powerful. Look at that. Perceived fear is a negotiable reaction. Oh, come on now. I love that. It's a negotiable reaction to the adverse response that a storm brings upon one's life and the direction and course it takes them through. I want you to think about the next time you approach someone to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I want you to keep this quote with you and, and think about it. They've been through a storm that has taken them in a direction and a course that they never wanted to go through. Healthy and out of nowhere, you have to deal with prostate cancer. And you got to now take this journey and you lose days of your life by sitting in chemo sessions and radiation for 20 weeks and 30 weeks. And it doesn't go away. Come on now. This is a negotiable reaction to the adverse response to a storm. And so when they tell you, I don't care about Jesus, understand that perceived fear is a negotiable reaction to the adverse response that a storm brings upon one's life and the direction and the course it takes them through. I hate God. He killed my mama. I had to live from the age of five with no parents. I had to live with my uncles and aunts and they raped me and molested me and abused me. Woo. Come on, y'all. Come on now. You can't just run up to somebody and say, uh, come on, get Jesus in your heart. And, 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 and when they say, man, to hell with God. And you talking about, that will be damned to your life. You'll broke you. No, 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 no. You got to understand. That person is responding from a negotiable reaction to an adverse response from a storm that took away their family, that caused their parents to divorce. Come on, stay with me. That caused the family to completely fall apart where daddy didn't show up to a college graduation, where mama didn't show up to a wedding. Ugh, come on, I need y'all to hear this. See, this is what storms do to people, and this is what the enemy is doing to our generation. And because we have not identified the adverse forces that are working against them, that cause them to reject, that cause them to dishonor, that cause them not to want to commit, we throw them away. But Jesus says, take courage. It would be easy 
to preach how Peter walked on the water and how he took his eyes off of Jesus. That's the easy part. I want you to hear this, though. The hardest journey of the storm is learning how to endure the fourth watches of the night. When all hell breaks loose and you can't see your way out. And probably on tomorrow, the repo man is showing up and the landlord is probably preparing papers today to evict you out of your house. And your wife is at her wit's end and she's tired and she wants the security that you promised her as a husband and she can't see it. And you're in the fight, man of God, and you just don't know you're in the fourth watch. And you're saying, Lord, I don't have the job. I don't have the money. How am I going to make it? He says, take courage. Come on now. Take courage. Take courage. Come on. You're in a storm right now. Yes, Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water. Yes, he did. He got out of the boat. He took his eyes. But here it is. We never really touched this. Uh, Peter experienced the adverse contrary winds in the boat. But then he had to experience the adversity of the wind as he was walking. Be careful that you don't get all deep. When you walk on the water, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Maybe, whew, come on now, come on now. We all get strong until you get out on the water and you start walking. You're going to look down at some point because that wind starts hitting you in your face. Because in the boat, you were a little protected. You were shielded. But now you're out of the boat and you're walking on the water. And that wind is beating you. That wind is pushing you. But I like this. The story ends with Peter walking through the storm to get to Jesus. And then he and Jesus walk back through the adverse winds. In Mark, he spoke to the wind and told it to hush. But in Matthew, he says, I'm going to teach you how to walk back to your boat in the middle of a storm. Ah, come on now. You got out of the boat to come to me. Your faith has been lifted. I've challenged your faith, but now I'm going to show you how to walk back to the same boat that you were in, that you were fearful to be in. And it says that when they got in the boat, the wind stopped. It stopped. Why? Because everybody fell into alignment. Their faith was activated. When your faith is activated, the wind will stop. It didn't say the storm stopped. It said the wind stopped. I'm going to ask that question again. How do you have a, a real storm, Brittany, with no wind? That's not a storm. Rev, where there's no wind, there can really be no storm. It can just be raining. But it says that they were in a storm. And the wind stopped. Whew. The wind stopped. 
Here are four reflections I want you to take home on how to endure the fourth watch. When it's working against you, in the middle of the fourth watch, Gwen, I want you to remember, number one, Jesus told you to get in the boat and to go ahead of him. Remember that Jesus told you to get in the boat. That means that he has faith in you. In the middle of the fourth watch, when it's working against you, the adverse winds are working against you. Remember that you're fighting against the force of the wind. Don't let it take you out. Number three, remember that Jesus will walk to meet you on the water at the right time. What you see is truth. Don't doubt what you see. It's Jesus. I'm tired. No, your mind ain't playing tricks on you. And then number four, I like this one. Remember that Jesus will be there to calm your fear and grant you courage. Don't be afraid. Come on, stand on your feet. You've got a need in your life. I want you to just lift your hands. I want you to just begin to ask the Lord to identify the adverse winds that are working against you. What's working against you? The winds of doubt, the winds of unbelief, the winds of, of lack of finance, the lack of trust lack of confidence, come on, a lack of faith, a, 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 lack, a lack of sincerity of heart. You don't trust anything. You don't trust anyone. You don't, you're afraid to trust. But in a storm, you've got to trust something. You've got to trust that although you're navigating your way through this storm, Something is working against you because it was only five miles. Now, I want you to hear this. Five miles is a long distance on water. Because you can't get out and just walk. You can't get out and just take a, a, a breather and let your window down. Uh, you're on the water. You can't turn around because you can't see what to turn around. You, you, you turn around and you go the wrong way, now you're really messed up. And now the wind carries you somewhere. I, I, I've, I've always honored the water. Because no matter what you do, you can have that life jacket on. Once you jump in that water, you're at the mercy of the water and the direction that that water's going to take you. You can swim all day. That water's going to decide which way it's going to take you. And you've got to decide today which way you want God to take you no matter what 
the storm says. No matter how adverse the winds of the storm may be, Lord, hold me and keep me steady. Keep me right here, right in the direction that you're going to meet me. That's, that's where I want this storm to take me. Wherever you're going to meet me, that's where I want to be. I want to be right at, the, right at the point that when I see you, I don't have to see you from afar. I can see you up close because I'm in the right direction. Come on now. They, they didn't understand that the wind, although it was working against them, it worked on their behalf because when they saw Jesus, it meant that they were headed in the right direction and Jesus knew where to go and to find them. Come on now. Jesus can see through every wind. He can see through the storm. Why, he's Jesus. Come on now. As you lift your hands, I want you to just make this decision today. That I'm going to ride through this storm. That I'm going to remember that I didn't choose to get in the boat. Jesus told me to get in the boat and go to the other side ahead of him. I like what it says that Jesus, after the crowds had left, Jesus went into the mountain and he went to pray and it was evening time. Can I, can I give this to you? Intercession always precedes an adverse storm that is headed to your life or towards your life. Your intercession, your time of prayer, your time of devotion, don't, don't take it for granted that the five minutes that you might pray every day, that it's not preparing you to fight a battle. Understand that every time you pray, every time you seek God, He's preparing you to stand up against an adverse, contrary wind that seeks to fight against your movement. That's why we pray. We pray so that the Lord can, can, can build a force and a shield around us. The Holy Ghost becomes my rear guard. Father, we thank you that you're shielding us. Whatever the need that everyone has today, Father, I thank you. That you'll relief and you'll give them relief. Give us relief. Refresh us from the battering waves and the adverse winds that have brought so much distress, discontentment, and despair into our lives and our families, into our communities, oh God. We're murdered. Men are being shot. Policemen are afraid. Oh, Rabbi Shandor, Rabbi. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to our communities. Come on, if your children are here, put your hand around your children and just pray over them. Come on, come on. Come on, that God will protect them. Oh, Rabbi Shekinde, Rabbi. Da-na-na-na-ma Rabbi. Father, we thank you. I'm with you. 
Let this be our prayer. If you didn't have a moment to just share in our time of giving on today, the Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. I want you to be cheerful in your heart that the joy of the Lord rests upon you as you give your time, you bring your time, you give your offering and sow your love seed. As I talked on last week that your giving matters to God and because your giving matters to God, it matters to our church. And the only way that we can continue to grow is that you give. Whatever the Lord has placed in your heart, whatever you have committed to God in your time, what, what, whatever you have committed in your offering and your love seed, be faithful to that. And the Lord will bless you from that. In Jesus' name, we pray. May the blessing of the Lord rest upon your soul. Have a great day today. We love you. We appreciate you. Peace to the family. Peace to the bishop. And peace to us all. Have a great day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.